The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of our podcast. Uh, this is Julian, your interim pastor here at Fellowship, sitting here with Daniel Ward, our student pastor. And um, again, I thought we had a really great Sunday. You know, worship was good. The sermon was good. I think the atmosphere was great. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. We had a lot of family in town for uh, a little, I guess, vow yeah. renewal ceremony after church. So <laughs> uh, had a lot of cousins there, aunt and uncle. So it was cool to see them there. Yeah, I thought it was a really good Sunday, and uh, we had more people sitting in our mask-only section. Yeah. I think people are starting to finally take advantage of that, and I even had uh, one of the senior ladies come up to me and say, thank you so much for making this section. She hadn't been coming to church. And oh, so okay, very cool. It was, uh, it was a really good thing, I think. Very cool. Yeah, we had our first Sunday with masks, with the mask order. Yeah. Asking people to wear them to their seats, and uh, it seemed like people... I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but yeah. at least uh, people are complying and understand, uh, you know, that it is what it is kind of thing. Yeah, I even saw people who have expressed that they didn't like it. They were wearing a mask. They were rocking their mask, yeah. I did see people with no mask. So, you yeah. know, it's uh, it's both ways, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's a very difficult trying time to be able to do ministry right now. And mm. um, hopefully we can just get some perspective, right? And get like, let's not worry about all the other stuff going on in the world. And worry about the gospel. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we were continuing in our series in Acts, and um, it's a really cool part. I thought uh, that you landed on in chapter thirteen, right? You were in chapter thirteen. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, with uh, with Paul and Barnabas, and with just everybody that was, uh, you know, rocking and rolling there in Antioch, and trying to uh, do what God has called them to do. And, yeah. And you had this illustration. Of that golf cart, I remember the Batmobile golf yeah, cart. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but uh, but you were talking about how you made it look really cool, and then it never really functioned right. Right, right. And so you know, as I was sitting there thinking, I kind of got you know what you were implying there, and you know, I started thinking like, is that is that most churches these days, right? It, do you feel like that's kind of the case that that we look real good on the outside, but we really don't function well on the inside? Yeah. Mean, what's your opinion on that? I think that um, I think that culturally, um, Christianity as a whole has become that exact image of um, the American church. I don't know where the mishap started or when it happened or how it happened, but um, you know, growing up in church world my whole life, it feels like that that our Christian culture, our church culture, has been very much about um, looking good on the outside, you know, having the right programs, having the right music, having, uh, the right, um, presentation of how you present yourself to, yeah. to one another, to the community. Um, and, and there's very little focus on, are we effective? Are we doing what, what we were created to do, right? That yeah. Jesus establishes his church for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to build his kingdom. Yeah. And I don't know that, um, you know, the churches are really, you know, heavily focused on that like they should be. Um, 
you know, I'm, obviously every church is different. I'm sure there are some out there that are that are focused on the right things and, and, and you know, doing trying their best to do that. But it does seem like when I look out that a lot of churches are worried about, uh, you know, do they have the light show? Do they have the right music? Yeah. Do they have, uh, you know, all the really cool, you know, the foyer that has all the stuff that's going to draw <laughs> coffee people shop. in? You know, they're just really seeker sensitive. Yeah. And, I hate uh, that word, and that's, by the way. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> That's the cool thing from the you know early two thousands when when everybody got really seeker sensitive, and I get it. I mean, I get like you want to reach the loss, and I get the motive behind what maybe where that started. But it seems too very much that it was at least it has morphed into a uh, we want to you know be a be a church that looks a certain way so that we can you know be you know draw people in, draw in crowds, and that yeah. that just seems like it's the focus, you know. I mean, how many times have you seen like friend days and and things like that? Which again, I get maybe where the where that started that the heart was right. Like invite your friends yeah. and, and and step out and you know step out of your comfort zone, talk to your friends and, and invite them to church. I get the heart behind that, but at the same time, I think it may it may communicate the wrong message of just invite them to church, mm-hmm. right? And and we'll set up church to where it's a seeker sensitive environment where people will want to come right. and, and then church will save them. Yeah. And that's the just not service. Will save yeah. Them. That's just not the model that, that I see when I look in scripture. I think that it's supposed to be that we, as the church, the people mm-hmm. go out and, and reach people. And, and then once we've, you know, built that relationship, won them to Christ, then they come and become part of the body and, and yeah. start to serve and, 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 you know, grow and then step away from the table like we talked about and start to, mm-hmm. you know, develop other people. Yeah, I've always looked at it interesting because, uh, you know, for, like you said, and I've experienced it too, for years it's like, let's run this well-oiled machine of church yeah, where Sundays look good and the music sounds good and there's no hiccups and right. everything goes right. And then, um, and, and then we have this expectation that it's going to be full of lost people. Mm-hmm. And that and that we've changed the model to where just bring them in and they're going to get the gospel. But then, you know, you come and you hear a sermon about, you know, how your marriage should work functionally good. And, you know, Mm, and then it's like, wait a second, like that's not the gospel. Right. Right. And then so let's say you do get all these unsafe people here. Well, then what? Right. Right. And uh, and so, you know, I, I feel like when you talk about effectiveness, you know, there's there's this growing trend that says that, you know, most churches in America run about a hundred people and that churches are declining and people aren't seeing church as important anymore. Well, it's because we haven't been effective. Right. Why are you going to continue to do, to go somewhere to try to be a part of something that's not effective? I mean, right. The, the way my mind works, that's just, a, you know, why would I stick around? Right. Right. And, uh, and I think millennials have, have had that. a big part to play in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They want authenticity and right. they want, you know, if you're not being effective, what, what good are they, what are you going well, to do to them? Growing up, you know, going to church with their parents and their parents putting on the church face on Sunday morning and then mm-hmm. the rest of the week living like the rest of the world. And they're like, this is not real to you. Why would it be real to me? Yeah. And, you know, that was the whole point of that golf cart illustration, too, is that, you know, I think that that we focus really hard on how we are perceived from the outside looking in. Mm. But we're not moving anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not accomplishing what we've been called to accomplish. Yeah. And if we don't start really taking that seriously and, and, you know, looking at beyond all of the normal church stuff, the, the church culture stuff that we are so used to yeah. and, we, and that we think is part of the, the, the method and the equation, 
if we don't start taking a hard look at that and realizing it, is this accomplishing the goal? How many, right. how many new disciples are being made every year? Yeah. Then we're, we're just spinning our wheels. Mm. We're like that golf cart. I push the pedal and nothing happens. You know? <laughs> it yeah. looks cool. Yeah. And it turns eyes when people drive by my driveway and they look at it like, man, that's cool. Mm. But that's deep. Yeah. But it ain't going nowhere when I press that pedal. You yeah. Know? And, and if we don't start really evaluating where we're at as a church and, and yes, us fit fellowship, but, even the broader scheme of Christians in general in the right. world, if we don't start looking at that, then, I mean, we're, we're already seeing the effects of it. It's just going to continue to go downhill. Yeah. And I, I do like what you said, you know, like we, we want, we expect people to come in the church service to save them, you know, like, yeah. like I got this brokenness going on and we're going to come to church so that it yeah. can fix that. And it's a hard issue. Yeah. You know, it has nothing to do with the, you know, the goodies you feel mm. when you come in or even the community you feel but it's a hard issue, you know, and if we can if we can understand that making disciples is a hard issue, right, then I think we could go leave some bounds and be more effective. But yeah. So so one so uh right before you kinda got into your um what you said was the methods or um your three points, mm-hmm. you, you know, we saw that there was these men uh in Antioch and and they were praying and fasting it said for, for to know what God wanted them to do. This is before God told them set apart from you, right? Because they were l- looking for instruction. Mm-hmm. Like, how important do you think praying and fasting is a uh, part of what we do here? And you know, should we be doing it more? Yeah, I think that um, as as the church, that that should be our place to go constantly, mm. right? Like down on your knees before God, asking God. Um, you know, to, to change your heart to, and, and asking God for the big stuff to, to bring revival, to, to mm. change other people's hearts, to use you to accomplish his goal for your life. You know, right. going to God in prayer and fasting is what helps us align our hearts for worship. It's, it's focusing ourselves on, on God and, and, you know, focusing our hearts on what he wants and, and asking him uh, for what he wants. I think people's prayer life have become very minimized to like, like my kids when they pray, you know, like, God, please give me, you know, this video game and give me, Mm. you know, thank you for this food. I mean, you know, when you're a kid that, that prayer life is, is really shallow like that. But as you mature into an adult, prayer is not about the give me, give me, give me. It's about God, what do you want? And and I want what you want. Mm -hmm. Make my heart look like yours. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I've been, of fellowship for a long time and um i think that's one of the areas that we could really you know really focus more on and strengthen one of the areas that that maybe we're weak in yeah um you think corporately or individually or both i think both i i you know i'm sure there are some people in our church that are they're they're active prayers and and people tell me all the time you know like i pray for you all the time and so i know there are people in our church that are that are praying and and that's you know that's what's sustaining us as as leaders and that's what's sustaining our church but I do think that, you know, there are some individuals that probably prayers, you know, meaningful prayer is not really part of their mm. their life. But I, I think more more so corporately too, we don't, you know, we don't see that. It's it's almost become like a segue in the service. And I know, yeah, um, you know, we try to not make that be the case, right? We try to 
change it up. I, I, I've been in a lot of services where it's like two songs, prayer, welcome, two mm. songs, prayer, sermon. It's like every yeah. week it's that that piece of segue that allows people to tune walk off stage, walk off stage without being seen, or tune <laughs> their guitars or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and and so I know you know we try to format it to where that's not the case, to where you know it's not the same point of every service and and. And sometimes it isn't like, you know, I, we pray before the sermon every week. Mm-hmm. I like that because yeah. I do, I want, if I'm about to preach, I want someone praying for me Absolutely. before I go up, you know? Yeah. I, um, and I want someone praying that the gospel will be preached clearly and effectively. Mm. So I, I, I don't want to minimize the fact that, you know, yeah, we do pray before we go up and preach, but it's not just a, it's not a segue point. But at the same time, I think that at, culturally as a church, we should start asking God for the big stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we want... Like we said, we want to be effective. Yeah. And, and I said Sunday that there's nothing in this life that I want more than for our church, for God to move in, in, in our church and, and change Southeast Texas. And and, um, and I believe God can do that. And But I think that we have to start asking him for it hmm. as, a, as a church individually, but also as a church corporately, that God would show us what is it, you know, who, who do we need to send out? Hmm. And what is our next step? And where are we going? Um, and start asking God to, to reveal that to us. And then... You know, ask God to, to do a, a major work here in, in Ireland because there's, I mean, we know there's there's lost people all over the place that need Jesus, right? And and God wants to use us to to reach those people, and so you know, start start asking God for the big stuff. Ask God to show us, you know, you know, we're 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 fellowship, and we may think that we're we're kind of small, and that God wouldn't use us to plant another church, or but but let's start dreaming big. What yeah. if God did use us to plant a church somewhere? Mm. Like how crazy is that? How cool is that? That'd be awesome. And, yeah. and, and what if God did send some missionaries out of our church that we could send overseas somewhere? Mm. I want God to do that, and I yeah, believe absolutely. He will. Um, and I think we just need to ask Him for it. See, you said like uh, you know, God make my heart your heart, and uh, my favorite verse is Psalm thirty-seven four, and it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, mm, yeah. and He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And I've always loved that because once you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires change. Your desires are His desires. Yeah. And now, you yeah. know, I always say, like, you know, if my desires were to have this, you know, million dollar mansion and a Ferrari in the driveway, and I start delighting myself in the Lord, those desires are going to change. Right. And God is going to change them to be His desires. Yeah. And, you know, to, uh, to really, you know, to, to show me what it is He wants me to be for Him. Yeah. It's no longer going to be me centered. It's going to be him centered. Right. And and uh, I I love that about prayer is that some time ago, um, I a long time ago actually I heard this guy preach a sermon. He was talking about like when you go to prayer to God, like try going to prayer once and not asking for anything. Hmm. And I mean I'm not trying to contradict what you're saying about asking for the big stuff. Yeah. But it's like you know from from a from a from a like stage one process. Like go to prayer and God and communicate with him how grateful you are for him and yeah. how awesome he is. And, yeah. you know, and that he is he, he it's all about him, you know, before we ever ask for anything and to have that relationship with him. You know, because what, what kind of relationship would I have with my wife if all I did was ask her for stuff? Yeah. <laughs> She'd get tired of me pretty yeah. quick. You know, God's not going to get tired of us, but still the perspective needs to be there. I love my wife. I love spending time with my wife. You know, even if we don't, even if she doesn't offer me anything and we just get to be together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, so I think that's important. And then it'll start to change our hearts for what God desires for us to do. And then we start asking him, like, yeah. all right, God, you've given me this heart. Now what do you want me to do with it? You know, because, yeah. because if he's not going to give you a desire for something and not fulfill it. Right. And, mm, yeah. and, and I think sometimes we don't, we don't understand that part of it. 
Right. Like we want to ask big because we got we want God we want to be used by God. We right. want God to do something with us, not for our own benefit, but for His. Right. Uh, another thing too, like when we were, you know, teaching teenagers on how to get in the Word and, and have a time, you know, have a relationship with God. What, what that looks like. One of the things that we always because, like a lot of times, teenagers are like, well, I don't know what to mm. pray. Like, what, yeah. what 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 is what is that? What do you what do you do? <laughs> and uh, I get that, you know, coming into it, like that's overwhelming. Like, okay, I feel like I could say the same thing every single day. This exact same. Okay, God, thank you for this day. It's been a great day. Thank you for life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. The and typical teenage Yeah, brain. yeah, yeah. So one of the things we teach them is, um, you know, get in the Word and, and allow God's Word to speak to you. And then pray the text. Like, oh, yeah. You know, if you're looking at, you know, a text that says whatever, then then ask God to make you look like that. Hmm. You know, God make me look like what I'm reading here. You know, whatever whatever it is. And um, and so I think that, that opens up your prayer life, too. It helps you, kind of like you're talking about changing those desires. You know, I'm not... If if I'm if I'm asking God for the Ferrari and the big house and all that stuff, mm. then I'm not worshiping God, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. my heart's not aligned with His. I'm wanting to build my own kingdom. It's about me, and mm-hmm. and I'm wanting to use God as a as a genie in the sky, right? But if if, yeah. if I'm really worshiping God for who He is and I love God, then I'm going to want what God wants, and that's that's where the yeah. change comes. If you're listening to this and you own a Ferrari, you have way too much yeah. money. <laughs> no. Sell that Joker. Yeah. Buy, I'm jealous of you. Buy a Ford or a Chevy. So uh, your first point uh, in the text was, you know, they prayed, they fasted, and then they, uh, God said, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas. And you said that there were spiritual leaders available to be able to be set apart. And I know that that is something that you and I have really struggled with here at Fellowship is uh, – the availability of spiritual leaders to be able to teach a class or to be able to do whatever. And uh, how do, how do we get beyond that? Right. How do we grow those spiritual leaders and equip them as their pastors to, to then have them available for that? Yeah. So I think I'm a firm believer that if you have a lack of leaders, then it's a lack of leadership. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I think that some of that indictment is on us a little bit. Sure. Um, And then, and so I think the answer to that question is, is one, leaders, real leaders duplicate themselves. Right. Right. A real leader will multiply themselves. And so we, we as, you know, the the pastors of this church, and, and we, we are called to uh, duplicate ourselves and, and develop leaders. Uh, but more so, I think the answer, because there's only, you know, there's two of us, Tammy's three. Yeah. So if we um, duplicate ourselves, it's going to take a long time. But if, if we had some of our other spiritual leaders, like you know our deacons and our some of the other teachers that are teaching and other leaders within the church, if they really start getting serious about discipleship too mm-hmm. and multiplying themselves, then we got you know a situation where we're not as hungry for leadership. You know, you know, Tammy's got leaders who have been in her ministry area for years and oh, years yeah. and years. And so, you know, what if what if those guys started looking for someone and say, I'm going to I'm going to mentor you to take my position and then I'm going to go serve, you know, serve somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Then they're duplicating themselves. And then we really we're multiplying quickly with leaders. Yeah. And it's not so much of an issue anymore. I hate the fact that we have to fulfill children's ministry spots with someone working 30 minutes or an hour once a month yeah. or on some weird rotation. Like we need people who are saying, you know what? I feel like it's my job to mentor young people. Mm. 
and my and God's calling me to minister to to children. Yeah. And so I'm going to give myself to that fully, not just as well. We need people in there, so I'm gonna do my time once a month, check the box, and be done. Right. I mean, I get that. If you're doing that, I'm not. It's not. I'm not trying to call you out on the fact that I've, I appreciate you serving, but at the same time, there's some people who God's calling to say, "This is your ministry. Do it." And if, if we had people that were you know, really willing to push away from the table like I was talking about the other day. I think that people have become very like defensive of their spiritual time. Like I want, you know, they want to grow. They want to come to church. They want to hear the sermon. They want to be part mm-hmm. of a growth group. They want all that stuff. And I get that. But at some point it's time to push away and serve. Yeah. Right. And if people will get to that point, then we're not going to have a rotation on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. because we'll have enough leaders to where we'll have more leaders than we have positions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's not just about fulfilling spots within programs at the church either. It's about the, the, the heart behind it is making little disciples mm-hmm. or making teenage disciples or making disciples within an adult growth group, wherever God's calling you to serve, yeah. you know, pushing away from that table and getting involved with the end goal of duplicating yourself and making disciples. Yeah. And you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, I don't think, I think this is just thoughts coming out of my head. So I, I feel like maybe there's some people thinking like, man, that's all we hear from these guys. Discipleship, 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 you know, discipleship, discipleship, <laughs> go make disciples. And I, I think maybe sometimes what some people don't understand is like, this is a process of, let's say we did have this influx of, you know, 200, 350 people coming to our church. What are we going to do with them? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just two of us. Yeah. And we're trying to train disciples right now who can train disciples. But then, you know, what if we have to have four more growth groups? Yeah. And we don't have leaders for that. And and we're trying to disciple people to then grow so that other people can be disciples, but that'll grow leaders and that'll grow children's ministry workers and that'll grow. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll grow people who can go outside of these walls and say, hey, I, I know how to defend my faith or, hey, I know how to witness to people. Yeah to make to make unbelievers believers right you know and there's this process of if we don't disciple and we don't make disciples then the whole thing falls flat on its face Mm -hmm. because we could have the influx but we're not gonna be able to keep up with it right you know well even like you were you know we were talking earlier like the end goal is not that you just have all these ministries within your church and everybody you know the church is serving the church which is where i think some of this Mm. has kind of gone to but the end goal is to make disciples so that we can have this greater impact. We start sending people out of these four walls mm, and start yeah. planting churches uh, here locally, but also, you know, in Houston and in, you know, beyond that, even up to the uttermost parts of the world, you know, like that, that's the like end New goal. York. Yeah. <laughs> so how, you know, how cool it would be if, 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 you know, one of the ch- children in our children's ministry, because, you know, Jeff McKinnon has given his life to children's ministry. He's been making disciples in, in children's ministry. And then they move up to student ministry and someone's investing in them. Then they move up to, you know, the college ministry. Somebody's investing in them. And then they go off and, you know, God calls them to go start a church in, in New yeah. York. You know, that that's how this whole thing is supposed to work. Right. And, and it's it doesn't happen if everybody's concerned about their Bible study time and their worship time. Mm. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because if everybody's going to Bible study, everybody's going to worship, then yeah. who's going to teach the Bible study, right? I mean, we, we've been talking about wanting to start a new Bible study um, right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we went around and around and around and around on who could teach the class and yeah. didn't, didn't come up with a name right? You know, of someone who we thought would be willing to do it. Mm. And so um, 
you know, we need, we need people to step up, people that are willing to recognize that, you know what, I've been coming to Bible study for a long time and I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've been studying the scriptures. It's time for me to start giving, you know, yeah. I've been given this, this unbelievable gift of grace, like that passage in Peter, uh, first Peter said, you know, now it's time to go and, yeah. and start to serve. I think that's a great segue into the next, you know, point you had was that they had a spiritual focus and how do you think that translate? Like, you know, how do you define having a spiritual focus? Yeah, I mean, I think a spiritual focus is is worship, and I think it's almost cliche to talk about the fact that worship is not the music, right? I mean, how <laughs> yeah, how long have we been saying stuff like that, right? <laughs> but but it is true, right? I mean, I, I think even as much as we say it, people don't get it, hmm. right? They still are saying things like I said Sunday, like you know, I just. I worship so much better whenever the music is <laughs> is got this you know yeah. the, that that airy pad sound behind it. I worship so much better. Like no, that's not worship. <laughs> I worship better when I can yeah. smell the fog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I worship better when I have a tingly feeling in my you know when I get goosebumps. No, yeah. that's that that's just a this. It's all about you if that's the case. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, I think that to me a spiritual focus is during the week when you're at home and you've had a long day at work mm-hmm. and you got to come home and you got to feed your family and you got to do the normal crazy night routine that you have with, you know, with kids and all that, you're willing to say, I'm going to sacrifice some like me time tonight to disciple a young couple that are coming over tonight. Yeah. You know, or, um, you know, I'm a, I'm an operator at Motiva, but, really I'm a disciple maker, mm-hmm. you know, that's the spiritual focus and, and, and all things that we do, our focus is how can I use this specific piece of my life to worship and glorify God? Yeah. How can I use the fact that I'm a plant operator mm-hmm. to worship and glorify God? Because you can don't, I mean, it's not just a job, right? How can I use the fact that I'm a teacher to worship and glorify God? How mm-hmm. can I use the fact that, you know, I'm a dump truck driver to worship and glorify God in all things right. we do. We do for the glory of God. And and that is worship. It's not goosebumpy feelings that we get when we sing songs on Sunday mornings. It's not even coming, just coming to church or just reading your Bible or right. it, it's all of that. And it's, it's viewing life through the lens of everything that I am and everything that I do is for the glory of God. Yeah. And so how am I bringing glory to God with my work? How am I bringing glory to God with my leisure? How am mm-hmm. I bringing glory to God with my entertainment? How am I bringing glory to God with how I parent my kids? How am I bringing glory to God in my marriage? I mean, if God is who we worship and he's our focus, he's the spiritual focus of our hearts, right. then all things are filtered through that lens. And mm-hmm. if they're not, then it's not worship. Yeah, I think that plays into like having the leadership to be able to do things is like there needs to be that focus of, you know, maybe I need to start getting my life right yeah. and be able to teach a class. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've had that issue too to where like somebody's growth isn't quite there yet, but they've been coming a long time. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? And and I think it's because that focus is off. Yeah. Right? We, we're stuck in this rut of I keep needing to be fed, but I am not. Uh, applying some of this stuff to my day to day, right? I'm not, I'm not 
I might take God seriously and, and know that he's real and all that, but I haven't applied it yet to my foul language. Yeah. I haven't applied it yet to the fact that, you know, I, I'm doing things that do not honor and glorify God. I'm not, you know, and so, and so I think we get wrapped up in, uh, in coming and getting fed, but then we don't apply it a lot of times mm. and our focus is off even then. Right. Right. Because truly we want to be focused on us. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the opposite of having a spiritual focus. And, and if, if you're not incredibly intentional, you will focus on yourself. Right. You have to, you, you're not just going to, okay, I'm focused on God now. Everything's good. No, yeah. like every single decision you have to look and think, is this about me or is this about God? Yeah. Right. Even when I write a, a sermon, I'm asking myself, mm. like, what is my heart behind writing this sermon? Am I trying to make people think that I'm awesome <laughs> or am I really focused on the glory of God? And, yeah. and that's, I mean, you can easily be distracted and every even even the things that we think are good yeah. can be distracted and it, and it becomes about you yeah that's interesting to say that because i've actually heard people be like like oh you know i see myself in the ferrari with the mansion mm. and then on my way over there i'm talking to people about jesus and i'm yeah. using that as a tool like no you're not no, no you're not you're using the all the things you're doing to get where you want with the car in the house to get yourself the car in the house yeah right and if we had the opposite view, if we said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I represent Christ and take the gospel forward, then you don't care about the right. Ferrari or the, or the house, you know, whatever it is. I think it's the, the typical, uh, I mean, I've seen it drawn out millions of times where, you know, you're the center of your life hmm. and all these things are orbiting around you. And one of those things is God. One of the things is work. Golly. One of the things <laughs> is is your family. And, and, and God is just a priority just like all those other things mm -hmm. and, and you you have you've set a priority like hey, i'm gonna go to church i'm gonna do all these things but you're still at the center mm. of, of that of that orbit when in reality god should be the center of that orbit and you're just the little piece that's floating around on the outside with your family yeah. and your principles and your job and your entertainment but everything again is is filtered through that lens of what is this? Is this about me or is this about yeah. God? And God sets the priorities. You don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if God's the center, He gets to pick. He gets to pick what the priorities <laughs> yeah. are. He's yeah. your main priority, and yeah. then everything else falls into exactly. place. Exactly. He is the priority. Yeah. Yeah. S seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other yeah. things will be added to you. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the, on our last thing, you said, and this plays right into it. You said that we need to have a spiritual mission, and I was sitting there thinking about that, listening to the sermon. Um, is 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 there only one mission? Is it like you know we're talking about make disciples? You know, like make disciples, make disciples. Is that the only mission? Like, is it is it, you know, the mission is blank, and it's the only thing that goes in that blank making disciples? Yeah. So, um, yes. The short answer to your question is yes, but <laughs> I, it filters from that spiritual focus, right? If if I love God, because it, you can't you can't just be like, hey, I'm going to make disciples. Because right. if if making making disciples in and of itself can become an idol too, right? Sure. The mission can become an idol. So it, it starts with love God, and then born out of that is like we've been talking about love others, and mm -hmm. then born out of that, how do I love others? I make disciples. Yeah. Right. And so, but yeah, the short answer to that question is absolutely that the mission plays out how that plays out is making disciples and that is the singular focus so again if i'm a, a plane operator i'm going to keep using this illustration then then my singular mission in life is not to 
make money and have a nice house and raise my family to be good people. My singular mission is to make disciples. Yeah. And yeah, that starts in your home with your kids. You start there and make disciples out of your family. But it also means I'm going to sacrifice, you know, that, that weekend boat trip mm. to make disciples. Now it may mean I go on the weekend boat trip and I bring someone along with me who I'm discipling yeah. and, and use that as a tool to make disciples. Right. But at the same time, the singular mission in life is make disciples because the single mission in life is build God's kingdom. And that's how he said to do it, to mm. go and make disciples. Yeah. He gave the mission. He gave the mission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not making it up. You, you talked a while ago about how we keep talking about that a lot. <laughs> that's all we're going to talk about. Yeah. So that's if that's Jesus not, wants. yeah, if that, I'm, I'm just going to say this. If that's not what you feel like, like is your calling in life or you, you have some like rub against that one, either really dive into scripture and, and tell me, if you can tell me where there's anything else in scripture, then I'm all for it, but I've been reading it and I haven't found anything <laughs> different. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's what we're going to be preaching for as long as I have a voice, yeah. you know, as long as I'm in a pulpit, it's going to be worship God, make disciples. Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's really, it, it all boils, boils down to, to those two things. Yeah. And you know, I've, it, it's interesting because I've even heard like Christian people like well, my mission or what I was called to do is to preach, you know, mm. and then it's like, well, if you're not making disciples, what good is your preaching doing? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. might as well be preaching to the air if you're not making disciples. Right. Yeah. The, if the end result of that preaching isn't I'm building the relationship in order to make disciples, then. Yeah. OK. You just <laughs> talked for some people 50 minutes and, and, and didn't really accomplish anything. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, the same would be true. You know, if you're a musician, that's cool. Yeah. But, but you don't just make music, you make disciples. Yeah. You make music so that you can make disciples. Right. You know, yeah, I think this is way off topic, but <laughs> the, you know, the Christian music industry, I, I saw this guy the other day. Um, he was, he's one some popular Christian artist who walked away from the faith. Mm. And, uh, I saw that. Yes. It became this big ordeal in, in Christian circles. And, um, and then one of his, friends had done the same several years ago but has come back made mm. full circle and come back and he talked about the fact that like the christian music industry has become so much about like your job is to sell the gospel mm. and you're not supposed to sell the gospel right <laughs> like that's not yeah that's not the call uh in life the call is to make disciples and so for them i think if you just get really focused on the music right then it you're not making disciples. You're, you're not living out the mission. You're mm. just going to sing in some songs. And, and if that becomes the case day in and day out, then eventually you lose track of what life is supposed to be about. And mm. then, yeah, it becomes easy to walk away from the faith. And, and obviously that applies to anything in life. If you're, if you're focused on, you know, your own world and doing your own thing and, and not living out the mission that God has called us to, to live out, then you're, you're not living in the will of God. Like I said, Sunday, right. And you're living, I mean, you're living in sin. Yeah. Right. You're, you're refusing to obey what God has said. This is what I want mm. for you. Yeah. And we don't want to acknowledge the reality of the, that, but the reality, if you're not making disciples, you're living in sin Yeah. And, and you're not living in the will of God and you're living in disobedience. And I mean, that's not obviously not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we all kind of feel that conviction at times, right? Like, like I need to do a better job of getting out there and talking to people about Jesus or building the relationships yeah. to do it. 
And, uh, and, you know, if you're listening right now and you're just feeling like hammered by us, like, man, you know, this, every time I turn around, it feels like I'm not doing good enough, you know, come talk to us, you know, because we want to encourage you to talk to those friends about Jesus. We want to encourage you to, to go out and to try to make disciples and and you should be challenged. Yeah. Right. It's challenging to me. Yeah. As we talk now, I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm challenged by it just as much that I know. I mean, you're never going to feel like you're doing enough, but but take the next step. Yeah. Right. Take, take the next. Step. Take a step in the right direction, and, and a, a step towards obedience. Mm-hmm. And and it may not be that, you know, that anyone comes to know Jesus because of you taking that step right away. But eventually, that you take the step. You take the next step. You take the next step. You take the next step. Yeah. And, then, and then you find yourself, wow, I'm I'm miles away from where I was mm. when I started this mm-hmm. thing out, and, and so. You know, don't like 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 you're just saying. Don't don't feel like we're beating you up all the time. Just just <laughs> take well, one. Know that we're convicted. It's the word of God. We're not. That's right. We're not. You know, reading this and thinking we've got it all figured out. Like <laughs> he's preached to us before he gets. We, yeah, to yeah. I'm sitting in my office in the week and thinking I am a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Like I've got to get this get this together. And, and and so when I'm preaching it. It's it's straight from my heart because I've been preaching to myself for a mm. week, you know, mm. and so I'm excited to share. Like, here's what the Word of God says, and and let's let's be hearers of the Word, and not and be, let's be doers of the Word, not just hearers. Mm. And, and you know, that's um, the the practical way. That what that looks like is is just take that, that next step. Yeah. Like, you know, this week, if you've not been making any, any attempt in your life to make disciples, then what's the next step? Yeah. What like I said Sunday, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm. I'm not saying that we're going to go from zero to sixty. If you're going to have three people that you're meeting with one hour a day, you know, <laughs> yeah. this week, I get that. That's not the next step for you. But the right. next step may be just starting up the conversation with the neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, or getting to know the neighbor. getting to yeah, getting to know the neighbor. That's what I mean by starting the conversation. Yeah. Just just you know, sacrifice a little of your personal time to, to, to hang out with someone. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask a dude at work, Hey, you want to go fishing this weekend? You know, mm-hmm. just, just start something and, and see where, see where that leads. Because if you keep st- taking steps in the right direction, you're going to find yourself in a total different place than, yeah. than you were before. Yeah. I'm totally encouraged. And I, I really see the future of our church and where we're headed in a good direction. I mean, we're already seeing fruit of it, of people taking, the next steps and yeah, you know, last Sunday was, was fruit of that, right? Yeah. We saw uh, we saw Justin get baptized, and yeah. that's direct fruit of, of disciples making disciples, yeah. which and, is and there's been a lot of that. And yeah. so even behind the scenes that people didn't see, and so I think I'm really encouraged by it. And uh, you know, uh, uh, don't forget that you know uh, we we want everybody to come and to be in Christ-centered community. And that's why we have that section here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing everything we can to be safe and to make sure that we get to uh, we get to do what the Bible has called us to do. Don't forget we have the Family Fun Day on August 30th. We want to see everybody there. We want to be able to feed everybody and have a good time. And, uh, and stay encouraged, and we will see you next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.